Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy James. Both wearing face masks on a train to Waverley Station in Edinburgh. Well, you might as well know what we're doing. And this is the best bit of this afternoon's show, which was live from the Platform 5 pub in Haymarket in Edinburgh. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, we were joined by singer-songwriter, Rangers fan Callum Beating. He was on very good form. Fred McCauley, the was, comedian. Fred was funny. Yeah, he was good form. Yeah, good to see Fred McCauley. And we had a bit of a chat, as we always do. Yeah. Martin Kellner joined us briefly because his internet went down. Yeah. We let you in on all these secrets. And uh, Neil Lennon joined us, the former Celtic and Hibs manager. Again, interesting chat with Neil. So, I hope you enjoy all of this. Here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. Great to be back at Edinburgh. Great. I love Edinburgh. We've had it a good, a cold, crisp, uh, sunny day. It's been lovely. Mm, One of our, our, (laughs) yeah, the sun's tentacles (laughs) over the castle. But um, one of our number, Jamie, one of our assistant producers, never been to the city before. And we, so we got up early and we took him on a bit of a route march. We did the Royal Mile, took in some sights. Lovely. We we? showed him uh, the famous area dedicated to Milan's Brazilian midfielder, Artur's seat. Artur's seat. Yeah. not time to get up and down it, but there we are. No, but we had a good time. It's a beautiful city, anyway, yeah. Always. When it, when it's, Very different when it's outside like of the uh, festival, though, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I've been, I've been here outside. Cousin of mine lived up here, so I used to come up a bit, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's 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 a lovely place. A, a very different when it's not crowded with jugglers and people giving out flyers. <laughs> very true. Well, where are they? And it was a very long train journey, and uh, you know it's a long journey when I get out the YouTube YouTube videos of the 1971 Gillette Cup semi-final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, great, yeah, no one. Was really watching them with you. <laughs> let's be honest. And uh, we ate on the train. Uh, the children's portions were delicious. Well, I mean, the, the food was good. They it just was. it did. It, they kind of came in sort of hostile. The food table was tasty. Very nice. I, I, I did feel. Beef too. It did have a bit of a hospital feel to it. I was quite tempted to go up to and say, the bloke in bed three, you're nil by mouth, mate, can I have yours? It did have that feel to it. John had the onion done two ways, which apparently had no onion in it. Oh, right. That's quite interesting. Really. Onion done no ways, but fair play, the staff were brilliant. At one point, yeah. at one point they, 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 they advertised toasted tea cakes, yeah. um, and when we asked for them, because uh, after a very small kid's portion <laughs> with our Tommy Tippies on eating yeah. our dinner, uh, we decided we needed a bit of, bit of sustenance three hours into the train journey. <laughs> and they said, we haven't got any. But yeah. they went, went off and found some, toasted some for us and brought them back. Well, so well done to everybody on the London to Edinburgh train well, for looking agree. after us. And uh, you got out a photo of Cliff Jones' butcher's shop. And, yeah, uh, was very. Can't imagine Stephen Bergwijn opening a butcher's. No, it was brilliant. It was all the Tottenham players <laughs> with Cliff in his butcher's yeah. shop. All the great players of that sort of era. And you think you just wouldn't get that now, would you? you wouldn't get no. Stephen Bergwijn. Is Rodrigo Bentancours' <laughs> first trip going to be at Stephen Bergwijn's butcher's? <laughs> yeah, come round here, come round here, Rodrigo. Got a lovely bit of fillet steak. Yeah, take that back to the missus. You'll like and, that. And uh, we saw on the menu that the chicken sandwich was succulent. It, well, it was, but it turned out to be. It true. turned out. We're not, we're not suing um, whatever the franchise is for that, I promise you. No, it's when we got to Doncaster, though, that I mentioned that uh, George Stevenson's rocket was kept there. And, yeah. uh, and, of course, John got out his fact that George Stevenson is your uncle or your cousin? Great. I mean, George Stephen, it can't be his uncle. He's not still alive. Uncle George. Uncle George. That's a very tall story, isn't so it? So we, we had to mention all our celebrity relatives. I got out World War II star Sam Costa, but of yeah. course you trumped I did us. see you with, well, I got called into my aunt's Who Do You Think You Are search, David Beckham and Len Goodman. So I think... We, we can't match that. Well, David Beckham and George Stevenson, you look at their impact on the world. 
I mean, maybe if we're playing sort of rel <laughs> distant relative top trump. If you want to join in this afternoon, <laughs> let's play distant, very That's distant, a good idea. distant, very distant relative top trumps. At the moment, I'm going George Stevenson nicks it over David Beckham. Yeah, over Sam Costa. Over, oh yeah, Sam Costa. With respect, well, he kept to people going during the war. Well, okay, I know, but a bit more. Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, you're making a case for Andy. <laughs> but if you've got distant relative top trumps, or you've done a little bit of genealogy and you think you're related to, chuck that in there, and uh, we'll take the best of those. At TSHJ Talksport.com, you can text at 81089 this afternoon. Our team are endeavour <laughs> to get them to us. Uh, quite lively in the pub. Mm. Few, we got here really, about, yeah. uh, we had a bit of a, say, a good look, look around the city, got here about uh, 20 to 11. Few people were deep into their first yeah. pint. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Gee, if you've got a day off, you might as well enjoy yourself. Fantastic. Yeah, a fine range and of uh, beers here in the pub. And we sat in Coach K, which for fans of US College Basketball's Duke University was a cracker. Yeah. You, <laughs> took a, you don't know, you don't know. You took a picture of the, the board that said Coach K, and you're going to try and become a bit of a face at Duke's University. <laughs> We had this whole image of it sort of taking off, didn't it? And then you're on Jimmy Fallon's show. Gone viral. The guy on the train in Edinburgh, that's right, yeah. Marvellous. I'll save breakfast for later. Oh, OK, yeah. So that's, that's you done. Well, we've got a busy show coming yeah. up. Yeah, because uh, first thing we're going to do is talk boxing. We've got a huge night of boxing for you uh, from Cardiff uh, tomorrow night. You don't need telling. We'll be reminding you all week of uh, the, the top of the bill, of course. Chris Eubank Jr. Liam Williams. Uh, Adam Catchell is going to join us shortly. I think the uh, weigh-in is uh, imminent. So and we'll take a final look at the fight from our point of view with Adam. will be one of our top team tomorrow night with Gareth A. Davis and Spencer Oliver and commentator Andy Clark. Uh, we'll bring you the best of the undercard as well. Clarissa Shields, first time to see her in action. Mm -hmm. Pound for pound, one of the best boxers in the world. A lot of excitement about seeing her fight. Um, so we'll be uh, chatting about that as well. And uh, we've we got a false panel coming up. We'll have a live false panellist, uh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. To kick off the first hour, though, once we've talked boxing, Callum Beatty will be here. Uh, he's popped in to see us in the studio. He's a singer-songwriter, chart success, big Rangers yeah, he's got fan. his guitar with him, but he's not he has, but he, no, he's on his way to the studio. We're he's, not he's, set up. He's not come really. to play uh, for us. Yeah. But um, We're not paying him enough. No, I don't think we are. <laughs> Probably not. Um, <laughs> so we'll have a chat with Callum. Say, Rangers fan, tough week for him. Uh, Fred McCauley will be here. Um, yeah. For many years, uh, Fred did a show with uh, Ali McCoist. Uh, his own TV chat show. No, he was. Yeah, yeah, big sports fan. So... Um, um, I've been a big fan of Fred's for years, and I don't think we've ever had him on the show, no, which is it. ridiculous. Yeah. It may be a long time ago, but anyway, we look forward to seeing him again. Neil Lennon will be here, the former Celtic and Hibs manager. Uh, it's been mentioned in dispatches around the Sunderland job. We'll get the strength of that with Neil and talk a bit of uh, Scottish football and more. Gavin Hastings, we're looking forward to seeing him as we build up to uh, the Calcutta Cup tomorrow at Murrayfield. I've discovered uh, by reading these Scottish newspapers that Gregor Townsend is known as Tooney. Tooney, that's right. Yeah, Tooney and uh, there's interesting stuff on the back end. pages. Townsend not impressed by Jones' song and dance routine. You know, yeah, the Jones, he's saying, yeah, we're much the favourites, the favourites, yeah, yeah. we got no chance. Well, he didn't quite <laughs> say that. We did say um, we going to do the whole show as Eddie Jones, but that might get a bit wearing. Big stories from the Scottish newspapers, probably similar. The Scotsman has gone, a lovely picture from someone kite surfing just off of Troon. Very yeah, good picture. Definitely the weather for it. Uh, the big concern in the Daily Record today, headline snack attack, crisp shortage warning after Cybercrims target KP. Yet cyber attack could lead to a shortage of hula hoops and McCoy's crisps. Uh, and bad, the news plans to bad news the for the hundred, of course, oh, yeah, as we were saying that. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah. So just some of the things that yeah. you're reading in the Scottish press today. And the plans to chop off the doors in schools to increase ventilation yeah. hasn't gone down massively well. No, the letters page is, uh, is quite uh, heavy on that. So anyway, uh, there we are. You're completely, you're completely up to speed with everything that's in the Scottish media today. <laughs> yeah, of course. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksman, Andy Jacobs, live from the Platform 5 pub in Edinburgh, ahead of the uh, Calcutta Cup. Gavin Hastings joined us a little bit later on to talk about the rugby. We're going to talk football and more now with a man you can hear singing that song, Salamander Street. Singer-songwriter Callum Beatty. Good afternoon, Callum. Good to see you again. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're in your part of the world this time, which is uh, (laughs) lovely. And the weather's good for a change. Yeah, what a cracking day. We've chosen a really, say, one of our team has not been up. To show him the city looking like this, you know, with the sun (laughs) lovely and cold. He's going to be disappointed the next time he comes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's Dreek, I believe the word is. Dreek. Yes. Um, so uh, that was Salamander Street, but you are working on a new album. You've come armed with guitar, but not for us, but you're destined for the studio. I, I basically started recording my new album, so it sounds amazing uh, so far, um, everything I, I wanted it to sound like. So that will come out in, uh, in the Dale Transmit Festival, so um, I'll release it then, and um, hopefully everybody else likes it. Yeah, so when you have some success with, a, with an album, uh, I mean, were some of these songs in existence before? Or was it like, wow, I better write something to follow that up? Was there a pressure? Or? Uh, to be honest, my first album, I put like 24 tracks on it, yeah. um, stupidly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how did you start from scratch again, you know? Mm. But I think with every album, you're always trying to finesse and say, well, what, what did I not like about the first one? And what would I like to do this time? And I think um, you're always trying to um, get to that sort of perfect piece of art. So. Is it? Is it... Have you developed? Is it a difference? Will people love your stuff? Kind of notice a difference? Oh, there's definitely a slight difference, yeah. yeah. Um, In what way? Then? It's more anthemic and upbeat, um, mm-hmm. more sort of festival vibes. So um, it's drawn inspirations for like Arcade Fire and these sort of bands that I love. Okay. So ah, it's really great. You, I love the track Easter Road, which has a sort of football connotation. And that's from the first album, isn't it? I totally. I, I used to live on Easter Road. Um, I got a bit of stick for the Hibs fans for that, <laughs> um, being a Rangers fan. But uh, I, 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 I lived on Easter Road for a long time and played around all the pubs there. So they're all stories about people that I met in, in the bars and stuff. Um, yeah. I, what was your kind of breakout then from, you say, playing pubs and bars? To, to getting recognition? What was your uh, route? I, I mean, I played around pubs for eight years, um, you know, my dad brought me up on his own which was really great because I think it gave me a lot to write about and he loved music so I'd look at all the sort of songwriters in the back of Rod Stewart albums and stuff and I became obsessed with songwriting Mm. Um, but aye it's been a long journey I had to sort of move to London and try and get a record deal and um, that sort of thing so that took you know the best part of a decade and then uh, Salamander Street I wrote that song 10 years ago believe it or not (laughs) it took 10 years for it to get on radio and it did last year and that was kind of the little breaking point for me it managed to get get my music out there so quite I mean the thing is that that was the route it was the traditional route you know put yourself about Work and get a record deal, but I mean there uh, are yeah, overnight success. Well, no, but there are. <laughs> but you're sort of the pain you're juicing. But there are yeah. other routes now, and you still have to work at that. But a lot of people have a YouTube presence. They kind of put I, their face out there in a different way, know, don't they? A lot of record companies are signing TikTok stars because <laughs> they've got a, a million followers, but they yeah. can't sing, you know, and yeah. I th- <laughs> they kind of get found out pretty quickly. But sure. um, you know, it, it is a different world now, but. You know, I like to try and keep doing it the traditional way. It's just going and playing gigs and yeah. and, and getting fans that way and um, and being true to yourself and writing songs that are, 
about your life and, and about things that you care about, you know. Do you see yourself writing for other people? Uh, I, I wouldn't be against it, um, but there would need to be like a Rihanna or something so that I can <laughs> yeah, yeah. make loads of Buy money. Buy a big house in Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, or someone covering your songs. They're, they're, very, I, yeah, they're very musical songs. I could see a lot of other people singing your songs. I absolutely, you know, I think there was a, a wee boy for The Voice who just done one of my songs um, oh. on that, which is... Uh, it's really lovely. Was, it like, was that weird? Just was that the voice did you kids? know he, you obviously knew he was going to do it because they'd contact you or the publishers. Uh, well, it sounds all glamorous, you know, like, oh, you've got a song, you've written a song in a studio and it goes into the voice, but wasn't it? It was in my mum's cupboard in the kitchen, you know, it was like I, c <laughs> I could just fit in there with my guitar wow. and my computer and, and that's where I wrote it. <laughs> and, uh, so I, but no, it is a great feeling. He didn't mess with it. He didn't like a big band version or one on the ukulele or something. <laughs> no, he just sang it a lot better than I did. <laughs> no, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good, is it? <laughs> so, go. we'll look forward to that. So, the second album out in July. So, mm -hmm. nice one. So, uh, how did you get to support Rangers living here in Edinburgh? Uh, my dad was born outside uh, Ibrox, and um, I didn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah. When I was a wee boy, he stuck the Rangers top on me, and that was it, so... It was. Uh, it's been a painful week, hasn't it? Um, that was, uh, it just, you don't want to get beaten by Celtic <laughs> at any time, but that was pretty comprehensive. It was all over by half-time, and, and, and no one wants that. I think the warning signs were there at um, Ross County. You know, I think giving three goals away like that, you know, you've got to learn from it. And um, I think just even the first half, like we just sat back and let Celtic have the ball so much, like. It's just anybody, any good fan will tell you you cannot do that at Parkhead. You know yeah. you've got to get right in their face, and so we deserve to be punished for it. And that's, but hopefully, um, it's better that that's happened now rather than ten games time. You know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Morelos is a big miss, isn't he? He's a, he, he was away World Cup duty, so. I Morelos. I mean, it's kind of annoying, frustrating because he's out there sitting on the bench or whatever, but. We do miss him, like, he's such a good player and, it, you know, he can be frustrating at times that maybe he'll miss a few setters before he puts one away, but, you know, getting the ball up to him um, can get us out of trouble and, yeah. and he'll always win you a free kick and he's got a bit of physical presence as well, so it was really missed, I thought. What about Stephen Gerrard? I mean, he did a brilliant job, we've had a wonderful time under him, but he's gone. Mm -hmm. Has the team dropped off since he left? Um, I built wouldn't have thought so maybe the first couple of months with Gio in charge it, it seemed good um, but certainly after Christmas there's been a, a bit of dip in form but um, I think we can bring it back you know we're only one point behind you know I think um, you know there's still a lot of games to go um, I, so yeah, so you're not too concerned about the league. You're not th you're not saying this, this is the Ange <laughs> well, era. Well, I'm the never, Ange era. I'm never going to admit defeat. So Ange era sounds like a disease, doesn't <laughs> it? I don't, yeah, I've got a terrible bout of Ange era. Um, now I saw a story um, doing a little bit of research for senior today, and there was a piece in the Glasgow Times. Callum Beatty performs in Glasgow City Centre pub to win over Celtic fans. Did <laughs> Somebody spotted you. Somebody was doing a bit of a turn in the in the I, pub and spotted you in the audience. I, I didn't even know this was in the papers until yeah. somebody told me today. But I I was meeting my friend off the off the the train at uh, Glasgow Central, and I thought I'll just pop in for a quick pint. Um, <laughs> and I went in and I didn't realise it was a Celtic pub. And uh, I the, the the lassie that was singing, she said, "Will you get up and sing us a song?" And then the, everybody was like, "Come on, get up and do it." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I saw I sang a Salamander Street. I thought. Um, but oh, fantastic! But everyone was great, you know. It's good banter, and they put the club loyalties aside, did they? That's it. Aye. Oh, that's good. Did you have the guitar with you now? No, no, no. A cappella. To be honest, I was really rough, so I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of gutted when everybody recognised me. Yeah. I was like, oh no. And you had the honour. We've had an honour to do a draw, but not as mm. big as this one. But you, didn't you do a Scottish League Cup draw a I while ago? What about uh, that? Fantastic. You do uh, feel the pressure when you <laughs> take the ball. You're so worried you're going to get it wrong. I know. You? Right. Well, I, I, done a, I got asked to do the Aloha Celtic Scottish Cup draw. Yeah. Um, and all the Celtic fans were singing a, a, a song or whatever. So <laughs> just for a, a bit of banter and a laugh, I, I kind of held my nose. But uh, <laughs> just for my social media, and I didn't think anything of it. You know, I just thought it would just be a bit of a laugh. And then the next thing, it just blew up on Twitter and everything. <laughs> and I was getting all sorts. Yeah. 
But um, very disrespectful, someone said. If it was the other way, of course, I wouldn't yeah. have a problem. We live in this cancel culture as well, where yeah. it's like you do, you do anything about a bit of banter. It's like, you know, do you really want this guy representing Scottish football? It's like, <laughs> come on, guys, you know, it's just a laugh. Yeah. Um, the Rangers I mean, fans, the reaction from them was, um, well played, sir, absolutely <laughs> outstanding. Well played, Quality sir. patter, they <laughs> said. Yeah. So, yeah, the, ra- the, the Rangers fans certainly <laughs> loved it. What about we're here for the rugby here for tomorrow? Are you a fan at all? I love the Six Nations, yeah. I absolutely do. Um, actually, talking about Gavin Hayes, things, um, I was doing a charity event with him recently and he came up to me and uh, he asked me for a photo and I was like, you've got to be joking. Like, he's asking me for a photo, you know. Fantastic. Um, That's good. What I love for the man. grandkids, probably. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, he's got to be winding me up. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I love the first uh, ever rugby game I went to was Scotland-England at uh, Murrayfield. Right. And we got battered. So um, hopefully tomorrow will be a bit different. Can't see it. It's a very different Scotland team now. They're good. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're good. good. Yeah. Brilliant, lovely to see you, Callum. Uh, and you, thanks continued for success uh, and best luck with the second album. Come and see us when it's out. That'd be Aye, lovely. Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, when we were up in Scotland for the Euros, we we're in Glasgow. We put a call in for uh, Fred McCauley. Sadly, he was out and about in different parts of the country, yeah. so it didn't happen. But uh, Fred McCauley is with us. Fred, yes, lovely to see you. Good to see you here yeah. in Edinburgh, boys. Yeah, what, what do you make of the city? Well, oh, a yeah. beautiful city, I mean. Andy. Like yourself, we've been coming to the Fringe for oh, many, man. many years, so we love it. It's, it's been the backbone of what I have done in 32 years of stand-up, coming through the Fringe, and we missed one uh, because of COVID, and then we came back last year, 2021, with a kind of mini-Fringe. Yeah, yeah it, it was. was. phenomenal. Was you it know? good? It was tremendous, yeah. I mean, you could walk around the streets, you could yeah, get to the venues in time. You it know? got so big that so maybe big. a sort of reduced version yeah. must have been nice. And it was great for me because, you know, I got Sky TV, I was on Scottish television, BBC, just so happened I had a resurgence in my career when <laughs> nobody else was about <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that O'Brien around? No. I used to love your radio Doesn't play show. well, though, when you say yeah. the pandemic was the best thing that happened for my career. <laughs> <laughs> That's not ideal, no. I was saying to you, though, that I used to love the show you did, the daily radio show, which really had that essence of the fringe, the feel of it. And it was yeah. really, once I'd been, and I, you'd sort of the rest of the month, you'd listen to that. Yeah. It was great. We used to get people pitching up at nine in the morning. We got a lively audience. And that is the thing about the fringe. It doesn't really matter what time of day you put the show on. If you get on before midnight, that's great. Anytime after midnight can be a little bit feisty, but morning show on the radio was great, and you know so many acts were keen to come on. Yeah, it's good definitely. publicity. Absolutely. You, uh, we, we know you as a stand-up comedian and, and uh, a host of many radio and TV shows, including one with uh, our good friend Ali McCoist, oh, one man. of our number at Talksport. You and Ali did a, a TV chat show for a we few did. years, didn't you? Three years I spent with Ali, and it was probably the best three years of my life because neither of us really knew what we were doing um, <laughs> and we were kind of joined at the hip in those days uh, and I'll tell you this quick story I sometimes go over to the States and do a bit of stand-up and in 1999 I went over and I got a gig in the Gotham Comedy Club mm-hmm. in New York and I said to my wife nobody knows who I am I'm gonna get on here and it's just gonna be my material that'll decide whether I'm good or not Please welcome, for all the way from Scotland, Fred McCauley. And I walk up on the stage, just grab the microphone, and somebody goes, Hey, where's my coist? <laughs> <laughs> so how did that come about, that combo? The, the two of you doing a chat show? The BBC Scotland had had a chat show hosted by Nicky Campbell, mm. and for one way or another it came to an end. And a young researcher said, Look, what about we have co-hosts? And they said, well, that's interesting. Uh, and she said, Fred McCauley, I was doing a lot of radio at the time and bits and pieces of TV. I'd done a couple of Have I Got News for Yous. And Ali was coming to the end of his football career and it very much looked like he was going to be in the media. So they pulled together some money, gave us a pilot, and it worked. And wow. six months later, we were on air. Do you remember? You had some great guests over the Fantastic years. Guests. Can you remember some and some of the best oh, moments? Uh, sadly, I could probably remember them all. But <laughs> I mean, uh, and for sad reasons as well. Walter yeah. Smith was a was a oh, guest. Wow. Ali's great friend, yeah, and yeah. mentor. Uh, Meatloaf, who was just in the news, uh, having passed away. But I mean, people like Tom Jones, Mel C, Paul Merton. You know, we were all over the all over the country doing it. Out in Ireland, they they were good shows. 
in Dublin. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they were. <laughs> uh, Not a, you'd go early for the pre-production, would you, <laughs> right. when you did those Yeah, McCoy's night. We missed our flight home after that one. <laughs> <laughs> How did he, that happen? That's oh, it. Oh, well. Yeah. He is a brilliant co-commentator. I mean, he's obviously a great presenter as well, but his co-commentary, I think, I don't think there's anybody better. He's universally loved. If you notice that he phrase, yeah. only when someone does a commentary or a co-commentary, you, uh, look, you, at, look, you at look at Twitter, at social media, yeah. and someone's getting pelters, but never so, Ali. They no, he's him. not. And it, it's universal as well, you know, because yeah. when I knew him, he was just coming to the end of his Rangers career before he moved to Kilmarnock, and we'd go out for a pint now and again, and Celtic fans would come up and want a photo with Ali, and, you yeah. know, oh, you know, shake their fist at us, you know. <laughs> and he could remember every goal he'd scored, and, and then they would turn to me and go, and who told you you were funny? <laughs> <laughs> but you, your love of sport is amazing. Yeah. I haven't realised. I, I enjoy, you know, watching football, rugby tomorrow. With, uh, and yeah. I know you've got big Gavin Hastings coming on a wee bit later yeah. on. And he <laughs> tell you that that Fred McCauley doesn't do a very good impersonation <laughs> of him. Uh, we'll play yeah. that back to him. We'll get a cup looking for you. Uh, but you, St Johnston fan in your yeah. youth, is that right? Yep, season, past season ticket holder. Yeah. Uh, and going up to St Johnson was good because my kids grew up in Glasgow so I was able to keep the boys out the Celtic Rangers loop we went up to St Johnson and that worked because neither of them are interested in football at all now <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know we've had a great ride I mean to, to win the Scottish Cup a couple of times in the League Cup and Scottish Cup double last year we are in a spot of bother this year though yeah but I, I think we might we might get out of it big game tomorrow against Dundee United but yeah I, l I love sport uh, mm. I play golf myself I ski a lot as much as I can You've done rider cups and all sorts haven't you I did one of my greatest gigs ever was uh, hosting a, a welcome gig for the 2014 Ryder Cup in the uh, the Hydro in Glasgow mm. I'd introduce both teams and then interview the the captains right. um and, you know, Paul McGinley, he was quite a humble guy. Tom Watson was all about, you know, when we win this, we know we're going to win this. <laughs> and I thought, as a sports psychologist, they've nailed it. Yes. And then we hammered them. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, sort of, I was reading a sort of sad story when you were a boy at the, the club Perth Victoria, and they sort of they <laughs> pushed you aside. It was yeah. quite heartrending, I thought. That's right. They, they used to play in the South Inch. And as the, the year went on, they used to put a, a huge fence around the South Inch for the Perth Agricultural Show. Mm. And uh, I was never picked for the team. Um, and I was always asked just to, to go and fetch the ball. So when the big fence was up, they said, look, Fred, just stand on the other side of the fence. <laughs> Thanks. I, was just, I was almost on the end of a road. <laughs> and uh, I, we work with Charlie Baker as well. And Charlie, when he's, on, when he's doing gigs in different parts of the country, he's got two or three nights somewhere, he finds out who's playing, he goes and takes in a game. And I know that's something you do as well. If you're gigging around the country, you'll see yep. about. If there's a game, it doesn't matter who it is, you're taking a match. Yep, there's hardly a ground in London I've not been at. Yeah. Um, and back in the day, uh, when Colin Calderwood was playing for Scotland, I used to go up and see Spurs. Been to Spurs probably more than any club yeah. in London, but you know, down to Chelsea as well. The late Sean, uh, Sean Locke. Yeah. And David Baddiel, big Chelsea fans. We Andy Hamilton as well. So... Uh, and Phil Jupitus, been, uh, uh, well, as it was then, Upton Park. He's now out living up here, isn't he? Yes, he yeah. He, he, Edinburgh and Fife. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. But listen, I heard you earlier on. Can I just say this? Yeah. Uh, you're talking about you know the difference between the politics in Scotland and England, and our first minister yesterday saying that they're going to cut the bottoms <laughs> off doors, yeah. right, uh, to create a, a, a draft, a, a, yeah. a, a flow of air yeah. through the classrooms. And I saw a wee kid yesterday throwing bricks through the windows of a school shouting, I'm just helping out. <laughs> <laughs> That's today's new gag, guys. Yeah. Yeah, a few cute. people have said, in the, I think, in the Scotsman letters today, saying, they are fire doors, you know. Don't yeah. be cutting the bottom off a fire door. Oh, you wouldn't really yeah. know. I think the fire and rescue guys would have something to say. And Miss Sturgeon accused Douglas Ross of being infantile by bringing that up. Oh, right. Uh, and he retorted with, just you wait till I tell my mummy. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are you up to at the moment, Fred? I am uh, en route from Glasgow to Newcastle. I'm at the Newcastle stand tonight doing Excellent. a bit of stand-up. Then I'm up here uh, hosting a lunch before the Calcutta Cup tomorrow. Nice then off one. to the game wow. myself. Uh, back on the radio every week on a Sunday. Life's good. Brilliant. We're and um, you're, you're feeling, are you feeling confident tomorrow? You're a good, good Scotland side. Eddie says you're a shoo-in, you're going to win yeah, it. Oh yeah, Eddie, hey. Eddie, John, Eddie set, he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you fancy it, though, you think? I, I think Gregor is doing a, a great job, yeah. and we seem to be progressing uh, all the time, and I do. I really think 
we're gonna we're gonna do it tomorrow brilliant lovely to see you fred, good to see you, you guys game. thank you fred we'll give you best of course you when we see <laughs> the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast whenever we go on these little mini holidays as you like to call yeah, yeah. them <laughs> uh different parts of the world or the uk you like to recall what's been going on well that's you took us up to breakfast this morning so yes what happens now well i do hope that susan doesn't stay in our hotel because the award for the worst breakfast on tour since kaliningrad we won't mention what the hotel well, i'm not was going called. to of no, course no, i no. won't yeah go hotel in edinburgh no hot option at all just serve yourself bread products and that old favorite scottish porridge dust <laughs> just add water and it's still well it doesn't change it's still dust <laughs> that's right you were very upset that you weren't being sort of hand-fed kedri and kippers weren't you and really? we were i won't name the hotel that we were staying opposite because that'll give you a clue where we were staying but yeah it's one of edinburgh's finest i was thinking I, I should be there. <laughs> the sense of entitlement is disgraceful, isn't it, really? Anything else from breakfast, or is that it? No, at the hotel, though, we did get out the YouTube videos of Brian Jacks on Superstars doing dips. We did. I can't quite remember why we, we did. did well, it led to speculation about Brian serving guacamole, one of his favourite dips. Yeah, one of his favourite dips. When you go to Brian's place, you just get a lot of, you just get a lot of dips. But no chips. No, and we went to see Grey Friars Bobby this morning. That was exciting. We rubbed his nose didn't we, we did. that means his, no- rubbed his nose in it yeah that means Tottenham might win the league <laughs> yeah. it did strike me that it's Covid central of course you rub Great Fries Bobby's yeah, nose for good luck true, don't you yeah, yeah but you do but the thing is I was reading about this on the, earlier in the week that apparently it's all a myth that basically this lovely romantic story about this dog that's went to his mind it didn't happen apparently really? and, and even the bobby that's on this thing they said no that's not the original the other bobby the original he was quite ugly apparently so oh, ugly, bobby. ugly bobby oh, that's not good is it <laughs> and they should just that that would, it wouldn't be as big a tourist attraction would it be ugly bobby <laughs> ugly bobby they're gonna go up there and say i've got to rub his nose but where's his nose it's, just, it's all over the shop so what a shame. Let's hope that's, yeah, uh, that's I meant yeah. to ask Fred McCauley whether he was related to Robert the Bruce. We've been asking you this mm. afternoon. Maybe we could ask any of our guests from this part of the world whether they are, because um, apparently they have highlighted the, uh, the, the gene in the Y chromosome of Robert the Bruce. And uh, many people can discover whether they are related to the Scottish king. Um, really? So just look it up. Write this down, folks. Um, if you're related to the Bruces of Clackmannan, you just need to have the FTB15831 gene. I think most of us know <laughs> off the top of our heads whether we've got a bit Has of that Steve in us. Steve Bruce got that. I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to yes. Steve Bruce he'd be, suddenly could, be, could become Dance Lord King. king. FT, yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. Related to Robert the Bruce. <laughs> so, I oh know it's terrible. Yeah, so, right. uh, there we are. We are asking you this afternoon, off the back of a bit of a conversation earlier on, we're playing a famous celebrity relative, Top Trumps. And you've been responding to that. You've got some absolute corkers. Amazing. I, my aunt maintains, having done some work, I'm related to, we're related to David Beckham and um, Len Goodman through the Eldridge clan. <laughs> and David's dad, when he I came in. keep saying seven. Remember when David's dad came in, he said, you look like my cousin, didn't he? He said to he me, did, yeah. so That's may, true. maybe that there Ted, is something in Ted it Beckham when Ted came in. That. That's yeah. true. Um, we've given you a few. Of, we've had relations of Lord Nelson. That was pretty impressive. Uh, the Cusack uh, acting clan re- relatives. My great-great-uncle is the former England cricket captain, Wally Hammond. What a player. Says Peter. That's fantastic. That's pretty good. Unfortunately, his uh, skills did not pass down the family to me. Yeah. Um, my nan's nan was related to Florence Nightingale. Checkmate. Well, you <laughs> say very, that. That's very good. You say that, Matt. But yeah. we've got one coming up you won't quite believe. Looked into my family tree during lockdown, found I share a great-great-grandfather with Sting, says Brian. What, you're saying Sting is more important than Florence Nightingale? No, no, no. This is the one. <laughs> Sorry, Al. This is the one. This is Steve. <laughs> Steve. My eighth His contribution to nursing. My eighth cousin, <laughs> twice removed, oh, yeah. says Steve, was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I believe Franklin Delano Chinny record, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, if that's true, I think you may be that winning currently. Be <laughs> Distant rally top trumps. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. We're talking football now. We're delighted to say with the former Celtic and uh, Hibs manager, Neil Lennon. Neil, lovely to see you. 
Lovely to see you too. This is a real you. privilege to be here. Oh, well, <laughs> I, you've taken long enough to get me on, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> driven through snow. I know, he's, he's yeah. driven through. I mean, we were saying that the, the sun was cracking the flags here, but you've come through snow from Glasgow. Well, with a little bit of a blizzard sort of halfway up there, the mate. I'm, think, I'm listening to you guys on the radio going, oh, what a beautiful day it is here. I thought, you be sitting here with me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you were telling us you were boyhood 90 Minutes reader, the magazine. I was, oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so a new league of Bill Burrows, you know, from my Man City days, and obviously, you know, I, I knew your name, you know, yeah. I, I knew you were sort of associated with it, but I didn't realise you actually were the, yeah. the top man there. Oh, that's lovely, I'm glad, I knew we were selling one copy a week at least <laughs> in, in Manchester, and yeah, because you started at City, people for, forget that yeah. your first club, was yeah, it? Yeah, I was there for three years, I did um, do a two-year apprenticeship, you know, the YTS, yeah. and then uh, I did a year pro, and then moved on to Cray Alexander after that. Yeah, well, Great days, but I mean, City's changed so much wow, from, yeah. from then like it was main road and we trained the plot lane but uh, it was a brilliant upbringing as a young player you know yeah they've changed Leicester have changed haven't they Leicester have developed oh, yeah. oh, incredible yeah. yeah I mean from Fulbright Street to the King Power and then you, you know the Premier League and the FA Cup I mean we had a good time Andy at Leicester with yeah. three League Cup finals winning two one to Martin but this this sort of team is because Spurs, us. I, I believe. No one. Spurs beat us. Oh, Spurs beat you, yes. Do you remember sorry. Alan Nielsen? Yeah, I, I was there. Oh, we only had ten men we were singing. Yeah. Yeah, all right, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Robbie Savage got Justin he sent did. off, didn't he? he? Did, yeah. Yeah. I heard a story after that, apparently. God bless him, old Justin. They were at the... Uh, I think the two families, they'd gone away on a holiday and they happened to be in the same restaurant. They didn't know each other was going to be there. Oh, really? Yeah, they both walked in. They didn't have much to say <laughs> to each other. I bet they didn't. Yeah. 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 I mean, Justin was a great lad. He yeah. did the pro license. He was on it with me and we did it in Belfast yeah. together. And great shame. Uh, oh, unbelievable. You know, real sad loss. Yeah. But so course, uh, you, I was going to say, yeah. you manage Celtic. It's, that must be a huge thing. I mean, it, the pressure and the attention, and because it's such a loved club, such a supported club. Oh, it's a great privilege, Andy. Yeah. You know, I played, captain, coached, and then managed the club twice. And uh, it's just, you know, best years of your life. It is, you know, 24 7, there's no yeah. question that, but yeah. it's everything you, you dream of, you know. And I know exactly what Angie was going through on uh, Wednesday night. I mean, it was an amazing first half performance. Oh. And psychologically, the momentum is with Celtic at the minute. And for Gio, we'll be sitting in a dark room for a couple of days, you know, free to pop your head out. Yeah. yeah. I was, I mean, I hadn't seen Celtic this season. I was surprised that the quality of their football was excellent. I thought the ball movement, Tremendous. the way they played was really impressive. He has a real attack and philosophy. And, you know, he. he the try and take games from the get-go. You know, that's the way he sets them out to play. And, uh, you know, good pace in the team, Randy, and the, they've recruited really well, you know. So there's only two players from last season in the starting eleven. so he's done a major rebuild at the same time, and they're getting their just rewards now. Our man in Japan, we spoke to him about the signings, and uh, I think the, the J-League in the end are going to wise up because they let these players go so yeah. cheaply. They don't have any sell-on clauses. There's real quality there, isn't there? Well, I mean, he's obviously recruited these players yeah. from his knowledge of being out there, and you know, Kyogo Furiyashi, who came in, hit the ground running, was a real revelation. And then Hatati, who's really hit the ground running as well. He's become a, a superstar overnight. But I played with a guy called Nakamura. I don't know if you remember yeah, yeah. him. He was a free kick specialist. And they're magnificent professionals. And they bring a joy to the, and you know, their personality. You know, it's just so on point, you know, and easy to manage and easy to get on with. Yeah. Really great pros, but... He's really, you know, exploited the market there brilliantly for Celtic. I was reading a little bit recently about that you're leaving the second time and you said maybe a few Celtic fans have reached out and there's regrets from them about the way things happened. You maybe was a victim of people's mindset during the pandemic, yeah, was, the way they acted. It was really difficult, you yeah. know. Um, no, you seen the difference when there's a full stadium on Wednesday night, the place yeah. was It was soulless like when it was, it was empty and we had a lot of problems with the, with the pandemic and the fans vented their frustration you know so and it, it was just a moment in time where you know just nothing went right for us whereas the seasons before we'd been winning four trebles in a row so yeah I mean there was a lot of anxiety at the time you know and I could get it from the supporters but I think now things have settled down in the clubs yeah you know, buzzing again and, and people are great with me again. I mean, that atmosphere on Wednesday night, the first goal, Ian Crocker, I love, he was really, you could hardly hear him. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. shouting. He had to because you wouldn't have heard him at all. I don't know if you guys have been to Celtic Park on a, you know, oh, yeah. like, if you go on a European night or 
it's very rare you get a, an old firm on an evening, but it yeah. just crackles. Oh, on it made a difference, didn't and it? it makes a difference to you as a player. You know, our record on the Martin in the Champions League at home was unbelievable. It just makes you play better, you know, and mm. just they love it. The fans, they absolutely thrive. You probably it. couldn't have a big Rangers contingent in if it was an evening game. That that that, that might be a, a bit of an issue, of course. Well, they've changed the the policies, yeah. so both clubs aren't having away fans yeah. at the derbies, which takes <laughs> a little bit off. It's a shame, it, but that. yeah, you know, we used to go to Abrox and you'd have the, a double decker full of Celtic fans at the back, and the Rangers end at Celtic Park would be in, in the mm. right hand corner. And, it would just add that little bit more rawness to the atmosphere. But, I mean, if you talk to any Celtic fans who were there on, on Wednesday night, they're not complaining. They absolutely yeah. loved it. I can only think a few Rangers fans would have managed to get tickets. But imagine being in that crowd. Imagine <laughs> so there was 200 of them yeah. scattered around. When that third goal goes in, they're all having to stand up. <laughs> like Sinners and Kane just stand up. <laughs> just dying inside. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It'd be horrible, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I suppose it's nice like that when you watch. You want you want to get back in. You watch atmospheres like that. You watch games like that, and you mm. want to get back in. Neil, Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've managed for ten years. You know, I, I, I'm only fifty, so I still think I've got a plenty left. And you know, I've had a reasonably good career up until now. I've won a lot of trophies and managed in the Champions League and in Europe. And you know, I don't want to talk myself up, but you know, I still feel there's plenty to offer. And yeah. uh, I've had a, almost a year out, which I've really enjoyed. And a lot of people will say that because they want to sound good, but I've actually enjoyed a bit of normality in my life for the first time in a while. Sure. And, but you get the itch, and you're, you are a certain kind of competitive animal. Yeah. And that competitive stays with you. So, yeah, I, I would like to get back in there. Because it's so intense, isn't it? It can completely consumes your life when you do the job. And then to go from that... From nothing, must, it's, it's must so, be difficult. It was really strange, Paul, mm. to get used to that. You know, you wake up in the morning, you've got, you know, nothing to worry about. No players or media or the board or fans. And you think, you know, you're actually touching yourself going, right, <laughs> actually, this is okay, you know? Yeah. You're all right, but you're so programmed and yeah. your life is very regimented. Training ground, you know, players, training, hotels, media, you know, that's all very, very regimented and... and very sacrificial and disciplined but we love it you know we love it yeah and when you get nights like you know Ange the feeling you can't replace that like you know the feeling he would have got after that game yeah absolutely your name has been mentioned around the Sunderland oh. job Neil last couple of days well it's it's very appealing I think you know a big club and it's fantastic fan base and they're in a reasonably good position still in the league so yeah I mean that would definitely be one you anyone would be interested in I think there's been a a huge amount of interest from managers and so competitive now Andy mm. you know the, the managers sort of sure. race now to get back yeah. in or you know keep your job it's just really competitive because there's so many good up and coming managers now in the game and so many chairman and chief execs say to us when they, they, they a job comes up they cannot believe the calibre and the amount of applications they get from lots and lots of very capable experienced fully qualified coaches yeah I mean England's the place that everybody wants to be you know mm. the Premier League is the marquee league um and it's such a you know tremendous product now the, the Premier League. It's just so great to watch, and even the Championship is such. A, I think the pandemic hit a lot of clubs, Paul. Um, yeah. So they're cutting the cloth, cloth accordingly until some sort of normality gets back into it, and then they can sort of maybe throw a bit more money at it at the minute. Would but you like to manage abroad now? Have you said, yeah. So you I mean, I've, I've, considered, I've spoken to one or two clubs abroad as well. So there's there's maybe one in the offing still at yeah. the minute, which obviously I can't mm. touch on publicly, but I've had a, a, one round of talks with them as well. Okay, it's interesting, because I suppose it does kind of broaden your knowledge, doesn't it, going over there and working in a different country in a different yeah, and I look at what Ange's done, but he, you know, he's gone yeah. to Japan, now he's come to Scotland, and just that, you know, I think it, it gives him a, fu a fuller spectrum of the game, you yeah. know, fuller, yeah. you know, different outlook on the game, and, you know, a great sort of... Uh, were with all about players abroad as well and yeah. their, their mentality towards the game. And you came up against Steven Gerrard, of course. I and, did. Uh, he's doing pretty well, isn't he, at Villa? I've been quite surprised would be a bit patronising, but he, you know, the football they play again is good to watch. I thought they were really good uh, against Everton um, and they've backed them as well, Andy. You know, Coutinho's come in and, and Dina. Yeah. And he did, you know, he, he played a certain way. It took me a little bit of time to get my head around, you know, with the Celtic Rangers game. But they had, a, they had a terrific season last year, and um, 
you know, he's a big personality, Stephen, and he's got a good background team with him as well. And the, the, the yeah. players are lovely football at the minute. Yeah. Watching the game the other night, finally, it made you realise, I know that Celtic fans loved it when Rangers were struggling and having to work their way back through the leagues, and a lot of schadenfreude, understandably, but mm. you wouldn't get an atmosphere, you wouldn't get a reaction from a Celtic crowd against any other team. The Rangers, oh, well, I mean, was the other night. It's so important that they're strong yeah, and, for, and they're, they're, football, they're yeah. battling. <laughs> yeah, you know, try telling that the Celtic fans, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They might disagree with yeah. you on that, but yeah. the rivalry is, you know, thousands of years old and yeah. continue to be. And it just gets, you know, every everyone, the next one's the most important one, Paul. Yeah. You know, whether there's something riding on it or not, just to get that psychological edge, you know, from one set of fans to the other. So, the momentum at the minute and the feel-good factor will be with Celtic going into these games at the weekend. And it will not change until the next one. And yeah. everything rides on that then. It's not right, but yeah. it's just the way it is. No, it's never going to change, is it? No. Fantastic. Well, lovely to see you, Neil. It's brilliant to see you guys. Thanks for joining us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We were a bit worried he wasn't going to make it, but um, <laughs> he's got his internet working again. Um, he's thwarted the, the technology. It is Martin Kellner, num- squad number nine with the weakest sport on TV. Good afternoon, Martin. Hootsman, boys, are you there? Yeah, we are, we are there. Yes. We're, we're, sadly, enough, we're, we're going to be tighter for time than we would have been. So, it's a uh, shame. Martin, I've just it's, wa- yes. I've just watched three hours of the Olympic opening ceremony for you. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> look, you know, give us what you can. I'll give you what I can. I mean, yeah. it's basically when you look at the Olympic ceremony, the opening ceremony from uh, Beijing this year, what you're looking at is what's unsaid rather than what's said. I mean, mm. for instance, the guy who's uh, organised the thing, the, you know, the head of the whole committee, said, um, welcome to all our distinguished guests. And I thought, well, hang on, the distinguished guests haven't turned up. The distinguished <laughs> guests have, are operating a diplomatic boycott from these games. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, really, you should have just said, welcome to our guests. Those who turn up. So, you know, there's that undercurrent running through the whole thing. I mean, we always enjoy opening ceremonies because they're always so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, this one was described by uh, John Hunt, the commentator, as a very, very unique opening ceremony. So, not just a very unique, but a very, very unique oh, uh, wow, opening very ceremony. Um, which um, it, it, it was the image was the life cycle of a dandelion. Oh. If you wonder what that looks like. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, they're always ridiculous. They're always ridiculous. This was sort of, uh, as Fletch said, you know, very simple ceremony, but it did go on for three hours. Uh, any and any the, dragons involved? No, no dragons. There was none of no that. They were, it was absolutely, compared to the Beijing uh, Summer Olympics ceremony, very, very understated, which I suppose it had to be when you consider, you know, all the questions that Uyghur Muslims, Hong Kong, the tennis player Peng Shui sort of disappeared and all that uh, so they weren't making a big deal out of the whole thing uh, it was simple and um, I suppose um, Claire Balding who's the host for the BBC was saying you know very nice and lovely understated etc etc but um, that was all for, uh, for for a reason but the 91 countries taking part so every single one of those countries had to do you know come in with the flag and everything yeah. so you've got 91 countries of which about six of which are interested in uh, actually what goes on <laughs> in terms of the in terms of let's be honest San Marino were there so San Marino come in with a, a couple of athletes they did for the first time win Olympic medals in Tokyo in uh, shooting and wrestling so uh, if we have wrestling on ice, there's a chance that San Marino... <laughs> it's about could, time uh, they gave us wrestling on ice. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is. I've watched yeah. that. Was there yeah. any um, snow that you could see? Because apparently there's no, no snow. No, no they've had to import it all, haven't they? That, well, it's uh, water. It, well, yeah. you know, it, it, it's artificial snow. Uh, yeah. And, of course, that's another reason why there's a certain amount of scepticism about these Olympics, because, you know, they're bringing in water. You know, for the, as far as the planet goes, that mm. is not very, very, you know, it's not great. It's no. not very, very unique, as they would say. So, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but we, we had the normal symbolism. Um, Chinese people believe extreme cold breeds new life. Which is encouraging okay. for you up there in Edinburgh. Okay, yeah, can um, move up here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Symbolising the seeds of spring that will spread all across the. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're interested, it's good. Stuff. 
it's the same old stuff, isn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, and um, if you're interested, 40% of Belarus is covered in forest. Did you know that? I didn't, that, Martin. No, and that's why they have a green strip on the flag. Wow. Did you know also that Belgium... When do you think yeah. Belgium last won a medal in the Winter Olympics? Give 1948. It was 48. How did you know that? It wasn't. <laughs> it was 1948. Was a I just pulled a number. That's ridiculous, Martin. Yeah. I'm going to have to have a flat run a horse on the way home with that sort. That's Grey Friars Bobby. I rubbed his nose earlier on and I just... Bang. I just called it. Always works. Always works. Yes. But I thought, Martin, that you... According to your Twitter, you watched the semi-final last night, which did sound like the worst game ever. Oh, it was a oh, terrible yeah. game. I it did. did. We were following that. it on the train. It was a dog with fleas, unfortunately, wasn't it? it so much at stake. Was. Host nation, Egypt expected to get there. I so. know. I mean, the only the good, only decent story out of it is it that we get uh, Salah versus um, Mane. Yeah. versus Mane in the final. But beyond that, it, it was an awful match. The last twenty minutes, there was hardly a pass that didn't go astray. It was, you know, a really, really poor match. Um, the referee was good. The, you know, the, oh. I mean, there have been a lot of very poor refereeing in the uh, in the African Cup of Nations. But uh, last night, mm. the officials got um, you know Guy Mowbray was commentating, gave them a, a thumbs up. So uh, so that at least was good. But by and large, awful. Uh, do, do you want to hear about Neymar? Or should I leave Neymar till next week? We're going to have to leave it, Martin. We're out of time. I mean, because we lost your line. Well, it's a great well, yeah. shame. Yeah. It's a great shame. Well worth talking about, so I shall trail it now. Um, episode one of uh, Neymar. It's a three-episode series, Neymar the Perfect Chaos. It's a Netflix thing, and I'll do it next week. They should call it No Nay Never, No No Nay Never Neymar. That would yes, be good, wouldn't should. it? I, I, wouldn't you watch a show called that? No. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. a song. If fans of PSG want to give that a go. It is a song. Uh, yes, Martin, you're, you're back overnight wowing crowds in Kuala Lumpur. I very much hope so, yes. Yeah. And we do have a bit of Winter Olympics live for you. So, right, um, Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, we I'm got Stuart Weir coming on next. One of your team, one of your oh, Zoom format him, team. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll set that up. Cheers, Martin. All the best. Okay, no worries. Speak to you soon. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Back in London in the studio on Monday, pouring over the FA Cup and more. We do hope you can join us. Uh, have a fine weekend. Keep it talk sport for all the boxing and FA Cup games, and we'll catch up with you then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.